Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, everybody. It's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. A very special, very special episode today. Uh, One of my best friends in the whole world, Andy Bolt, hilarious comedian, um, you've seen her all over TV, movies, uh, podcasts, internet videos. She's been in some of my most favorite uh, YouTube videos that I've ever done, uh, including the America's Funniest Home Videos sketch, uh, in which she plays my uh, girlfriend who uh, who gives me a fake lottery ticket, and then I, I go ape shit. Um, she's incredible. Uh, I started working with her as a tour guide at Universal Studios back in like 2004. We've been in improv groups together. Uh, she's just the best. Played softball uh, with her and basketball uh, on the Universal squads. And she's an incredible athlete. Um, more importantly, she's an incredible human being. And um, we get some hilarious stories, and uh, we just have a great catch-up sesh. I uh, hadn't seen her in a little bit, so it was great to uh, have some have some chuckles. Uh, but more importantly, um, she's uh, she came on to promote a, uh, a documentary she's making about her her mom, who uh, was diagnosed with neuroendocrine. Um, tumors, which is a rare and often misdiagnosed form of cancer. Uh, that's the reason Steve Jobs passed away. Um, her mom is the sweetest, coolest person you could meet. And um, this documentary is an amazing piece of, uh, of, of uh, film that you get to see uh, a daughter and mother who love each other so much and, and, and comedy in, injected into a tragic situation and how uh, Andy's mom, Terry Bolt, found the world of Warcraft game and found this like community of um, compassion and support and uh, it's one of the most incredible things I've seen and I'm not just saying that because she's a great pal of mine Um, you can go to wowmomthemovie.com please go to it as soon as you listen to this podcast wowmomthemovie.com there's a kickstarter they have they've got they're a little bit short of their goal right now. They've got a week left to do it. You can donate $5, a dollar, $1,000. There's incredible incentives. Chris Hardwick's all involved with this. Um, some some cool incentives on there. And uh, it's just, you know, if you've if you got a, a family member you care about, if you know anyone who's gone through um, and, and experienced and had to deal with, you know, cancer and 
and uh, and you like seeing people do great things and you want to help out uh, by doing very little, then please go to wowmomthemovie.com. Subscribe. I'm sorry, uh, 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 pledge and, and support the Kickstarter with as much as you can. And I guarantee it's it's a worthwhile cause. Um, the trailer is also on the website, on the Kickstarter site, wowmomthemovie.com. If you don't get choked up and laugh uh, and feel inspired by this trailer, you don't have a soul. <laughs> so, uh, and hey, if that actually does happen and, and then you find out you don't have a soul, um, please don't. Please don't track me down because I was just making a joke. So, everybody has a soul. Anywho, follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Bolt. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. You can see me at my home club in Bellevue, Washington, uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, December 26th and 27th at the Parlor Live. I'll be doing two shows a night, 7.30 and 10, a couple days after Christmas. Come out and see me, celebrate the holidays, get in the spirit of the new year. You can also see me in Las Vegas at the Tropicana Laugh Factory, December 29th through January 4th. Happy New Year. And Brad Williams, where's that little guy going to be? Well, he's going to be ripping it up, killing it still, back on the road. He's uh, back on the road, which is great. I know you all missed him out there. Uh, you can see him at the Ontario Improv, December 12th and 13th. And I'll actually be with him in Ontario, California. Shows at 7.30, 9.45. Go to improv.com for tickets. And Brad and I are both going to be at the San Jose Improv doing the Adam Carolla podcast live with Adam Carolla, December 20th, San Jose, California, 7 o'clock. And then, of course, Brad will be in Kansas City at the Kansas City Improv uh, for New Year's, December 31st. Go check him out there. All our tour dates at AdamRayTV.com and BradWilliamsComedy.com. Of course, go over to AboutLastNightPodcast.com to listen to all past episodes with Bob Saget, Kevin Neal, and Lisa Kudrow, Chris D'Elia, Brent Moore, and Ron Funches. Uh, so many more great episodes coming up. The Melissa McCarthy episode is almost here. Melissa and Ben Falcone, her husband, crushed it. That episode's coming out in a few weeks, as well as Dana Carvey. And we just got confirmation that Jason Alexander, George from Seinfeld, is going to be on the podcast. What? Yeah, man. So subscribe to it on iTunes so you can get all these amazing episodes. Um, and, of course, go to uh, iTunes and subscribe, like I just said. And comment on the podcast. Comment. Leave a five-star rating. really helps us out. If you could take two seconds and do that, we'd really appreciate it. And then, when you're done with that, continue to support the podcast. Go to estoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y, merchandise.com. Pick up an A-B-L-N T-shirt or tank top for your lady. Buy a shirt, support the podcast, wear it everywhere you go so people know about the show. Eh? Those are the tour dates. Those are the Twitter handles. That's the About Last Night podcast t-shirt info. And, of course, go to wowmomthemovie.com and, and, and pledge and support the Kickstarter for Wow Mom the Movie, produced by my hilarious pal who's here right now on the About Last Night podcast. Enjoy, Miss Andy Bolt. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. No podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. How's that? Ooh. 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 And you can pull it out or you can put it closer to your face oh i know you can pull it out how do you think <laughs> how do you think i haven't oh, had man. a pregnancy scare this, this, this long? you wait let me just ask you this real quick okay. you, were, you were mentioning how you've been in my apartment building before because of tinder 
That's right. I've been having a lot of Tinder conversations recently because I myself, I'm not on Tinder, but I'm getting very curious. Okay. Have I uploaded the app? Sure. Have I swiped? Yeah. Oh, Have I swiped, swiped right? <laughs> he's only swiped right. I think if you're a dude, you're only swiping right. But can I be, uh, be honest? I'm uh, a little terrified of being murdered on Tinder. Um, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Because <laughs> I feel like you, I've I've exchanged messages with one person, okay. and and there got to a point where there was a, a possible meetup scenario happening, and then I just was like, I had this like weird fantasy about. Fancy is the wrong word. Uh, nightmare about okay. being a day nightmare about, about being mur- about some, how did Adam die? Tinder, you know, it was a Tinder killer, and only uh, New he York is swiped. covering it, or <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah. what's going on? Um, yeah, it definitely. I feel. I feel like it's. Um, it's interesting that you're a male and you're worried about that, but I would feel like you have to be worried about that because you're popular. People know who you are. No, on your, like you could have a crazy stalker person yeah but i um like on your tinder do you have like i'm adam ray like i'm a comedian check out my podcast like do you have that stuff on there no because i have seen some youtubers that are like yo check out my merch and it's like oh, they're shit. like a lot of people use it to for promotional reasons but i, I love feel the people like, on tinder who post uh, a picture of like them with their fiance oh yeah or them or the ones where there's no picture mm. Uh yeah, swipe left. Those people uh, to the left are very. There's boring, a lot. Sexually. Okay, there's a lot of uh, like swingers that are on Tinder where it's nice. like, hey, this is me and my husband. Oh shit! And we're looking I for a third. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. Um, have you ever uh, swiped on that? Yes, I have. Uh, there was this couple, so nice, very sweet, and uh, I swiped right on on this couple because I was fascinated they're just <laughs> like, hey, you might be noticing that every picture is the both of us because. When you swipe right, you get two. And Whoa. I was like, what? Was that in their description? Yeah. And they're just like, it's really hard to find a third. So I've been fascinated by this idea. And uh, this this person, the girl who is interested in hooking up with a couple, yeah. um, is called a unicorn because they're, really <laughs> they're really hard to find. Nice. Uh, and... Um, and yeah, they were just like, I was like, hey guys, I'm really curious. Like, how does this work? They're like, well, you know, um, you can, we can exchange phone numbers and we can chat. A lot of times what we do is like take people out for drinks to see if we all like, like each other. Because wow. if, if we're all That's not like three old on fashioned, board, uh, <laughs> menage a trois, like yeah, we're gonna, they want to feel like they don't want to just get straight to fucking. They want to like make sure. Right. They were like, it's better when There's everyone com- feels safe and like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're like, you we'll know, a lot of toys. Sensibilities. Yeah, exactly. We like the same movies. Totally. He was like, I was thinking about getting into stand up. Like, I, <laughs> I'm if if you want to come out tonight, like my band is playing and my girlfriend's gonna come and you guys can catch up, like get to know each other, see if you like each other. I mean, I'm laughing, but that does seem like the way to go about doing it. I think. I like, think why it's the only you wouldn't want to just walk into a room and have two people going, "You ready?" Yeah. And have never had any information exchanged. I felt bad. I felt like I stringed them along a little bit because I was so <laughs> curious that I was like, "Yeah." Like, let's chat so i gave him my phone number and like we're on like a three-way like uh i message right that's how it starts and exactly and they were just so i mean they were smooth they're really smooth and the way they talk about like sexually like the kind of stuff that they want to do and like the toys and stuff like that now, when just does that come up early <laughs> real early because <laughs> i was gonna say is it like i mean hey, that's have you seen dumb and dumber two speaking of two do you like two or four fingers in the ass <laughs> well, and you're like whoa they were just like have you ever i forget like it's so many toys i've never heard of like i haven't implemented enough toys into my life apparently you have some toys um a toy 
Yeah. I've got a toy because I'm a lady. What? Yeah. How many do you need? <laughs> well, what are apparently you, a, a trunk. Seven-year-old? When they were describing it to me, I imagine they had this, like, this old-timey like sex trunk, and it's just like all kinds of stuff. They're like, we keep everything really clean. We get tested like all the time. Like, is it okay if we ask that you get tested first? And I was like, um, yeah. Like, but then I felt bad because I like never... We'd like you go to the DMV, also take a driving test. Yeah. We're all about tests. <laughs> How many... What, what was one of the toys that you um, did, like have never heard of that was maybe intimidating but also enticing i'm forgetting it now it was a lot of the like butt stuff because like (laughs) i it was just so much butt stuff and they were just like that more sweetly they were like you haven't um well if you haven't tried it like how do you know if you and i was like you know that's fair it is a great it is a great argument you know Um, you're also like i know what the what the butt's for and it's mostly not for what you guys want to do with it yeah yeah exactly um uh, squatty potty was on a uh i gotta get one of those that's my christmas (laughs) wish list um it's a squatty Potty. You don't know what a squatty potty is? No. Do you know what Shark Tank? I don't watch enough. The TV. best television show on one. Hulu. Um, I've watched it a few times actually, and I am actually pretty it's, pretty riveted by Mark it. Cuban is my idol. Uh, Did you see amazing. the SNL uh, ripoff? You see Beck play that one guy? Oh my god, Beck is crushing it. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing so great. Um, a squatty potty is this thing that goes around your toilet so that you can squat because squatting and I shitting saw... is more. It was on Doctor Oz. Talk about this. Okay, that's yeah. where I saw it. It was on Doctor Oz. I just shot a video over at BuzzFeed, and they're all. All the re- toilets are outfitted with squatty potties, which is amazing. And you think it's going to n- explain to the listeners what that is? Okay, a squatty potty is this apparatus that goes around your toilet so that you can be in the squat position and it opens up your colon so that. Uh, because the way you think, the way you shit now, folks, mm-mm. is not you're not shitting healthy right. it's, it's not appropriate right um and something that we never think about because you're just like i gotta usually when you gotta go it hits you you know not uh, whatever quickly mm-hmm. semi you're not uh nobody wants to fucking take their time right like right. you gotta but so nobody thinks about their posture right nobody thinks about their posture <laughs> but is, you go yeah uh, we're, we're the infomercial for yeah it. Like exactly I, I mean if i'm i'm happy to pin this i mean it's a fascinating it's only 25 dollars <laughs> And uh, it's Where? Christmas time. It's a good squattypotty.com. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it, when you when you squat, it basically shoots out of your body. It's like whoosh. Like here's the thing: you're not going to be able Does to. The sound effect come with the squatty potty. Oh, you bring your own sound. You bring effect. your own. <laughs> That's right. That's got to be the disclaimer at the bottom. <laughs> Bring your- Squatty Pie does not come with hilarious sound effects. It's so- you must provide the own hilarious sound effects. It was so funny because on, on Shark Tank, it's like this guy pitching it, but he has his mom there. And they're like, did you develop this like with your mom? And he's like, well, she gave me the money to do it. I'm like, yeah, because that's how we all start out. Yeah, like, yeah. I had this idea. Mom, I got this great idea. People are going to shit, People are shit, shit faster. Them. All right, honey, I love you. I support you. Here's my life savings. <laughs> and then it's like a Dr. Oz, and she's like walking out of the fucking Shark Tank like a millionaire, you know, because it's, it's a great invention. So is it comfortable to sit? Um, so I was trying it out at BuzzFeed. It, I mean, it's ha- it depends on how your squat is, if you're comfortable squatting. It's just a thing to, to – so that Have you – did your, I mean, your it was poop great. experience actually was it better? It was great. I mean, it was fast. It was awesome. Like as ladies, we want to be in and out. We don't want people to know we're shitting. No. Thank you, Squatty Potty. You know what I mean? Wow. It also, I just did it to pee too because yeah. why not? Yeah. Growing up on the ranch, I realized I squatted and shitted a lot as a child, <laughs> and then you grow up and you stop wiping your butt with leaves, and it's like, when did that turn happen? What you know? You know when you're going out hiking or horseback riding and you're gone for hours? I and, don't. Well, sometimes it happens, and you just got to dismount off the horse and go in the bushes and you would uh let's talk about that growing up on the ranch mm-hmm. 
You would. Uh, how many animals were on that ranch? In what part of California? Again? Um, so it's up in the Kern River Valley. Right. So it's basically if you go to Bakersfield and you head east for an hour and a half, and you drive past all the meth heads, you <laughs> get up in the woods. And we don't have neighbors for two and a half miles. I grew up without electricity, so we had a generator. What? We had running water. I mean, when the generator is on, it's like having electricity. Just no phone or anything. <laughs> you fancy people on your phones. <laughs> when I moved to LA, my first apartment, I like played with the lights. I was like, whoa! It was blowing your mind. <laughs> There's no generator, and I can. I would get up to go to the bathroom, and I wouldn't turn my lights on. My roommate was like, "Why don't you ever turn the lights on at night?" I'm like, "Because I don't need them." That's so. Like I was funny. just so used to not having lights. You really grew. I mean, you grew up with. I mean, bare minimum of. of necessities um yeah basically my parents like met and they're just like in love and they're like let's go to alaska and live off the grid and not you know come to society every six months we'll and teach they, our kids how to eat salmon out of the lake yeah and then <laughs> and then they got pregnant that first year yeah. and my mom was like my kids are gonna be weird if we do that let's do the next best thing so we were only half hour outside of the nearest town so um so yeah, so now I'm not a total weirdo. I'm just kind of a weirdo. <laughs> uh, do you? How would you become? Because you're one of the funniest people I know on the planet. Oh, thank you. So I mean, how? Where did you? Where do you? How do you? Does you, oh, you run bits by the horses when you're out in the middle of the woods? Absolutely. Or? My would. Uh, you know, you're joking, but. Uh, <laughs> When I was a kid, I had invisible friends, um, we and we did. would we would put on shows. Who were their names? Um, Jammin' and friends. Jammin' and friends. I don't know it was who a whole, the rest of the people were, but I was like, "Those are Jammin's friends." Wow. Um, but I would just like screw stuff up. My mom would be like, "Angie, like come clean this up." I was like, "I didn't do it. It was Jammin'." Um, <laughs> everything was Jammin's fault. But my older sisters, I was so annoying because I always wanted attention, and I was like constantly like making jokes, and I was watching to get um, attention. To get attention, yeah. and uh, and nobody wanted to play with me. So my mom would be like, "You go talk to Tom," which was my horse. So I would go horseback riding with Tom, and I'd be like, "Tom, blah blah blah." Like <laughs> <laughs> Tom was my best friend. He's buried would- on the back forty. Uh, we, have a, we have a pet cemetery. <laughs> was Tom? Cool. Who else is in that pet cemetery? Oh, everybody! Everybody's out there. Uh, my dad buries them with the backhoe. Uh, but we have tons of goats that have Corbin and Lilu were two goats like because we liked Fifth Element. Um, uh, and then a lot of our dogs are just like George, Henry, Frank. Like For sure, those are great dog names. Great dog names. Mm-hmm. What was uh, your horse Tom? Was he receptive of your um, witty banter? I think so because his ears would turn around. Like nice. I'd be riding him, and his ears would be like, "I'm listening," you know. And I'd be like, oh, shit. "Tom's the only one who gets me." Like so, you really. I was being called fire crotch and stuff at school, and I didn't know what that meant because I didn't have pubic hair yet. Yeah, and I just like, like how Tom. fucked up is that? It's Kids so are like up. calling you, like <laughs> labeling you with stuff and, and insulting you with stuff that's not even there yet, and I you're was, like, yeah. I was talking about this recently because a kid who used to call me Firecrotch, my mom was a teacher at the school, so I was always overhearing shit kids aren't supposed to know, and. uh so I had this dirt on him that I was never using. And so one day he was just like, stupid fire crutch. And I was like, at least my parents aren't getting a divorce. Yo. And he cried. <laughs> and, <laughs> you went straight for the heart. And I got in so much trouble. Of course. I got in so much now, trouble. Now, did he know his parents were getting a divorce? Because that would have even <laughs> stung even harder. What? what? <laughs> oh, my God. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Dad's just on vacation. Yeah. What do you mean? You're like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's with Bernice, the maid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, what? he was a total dick. Forrest the- Mack is his name. He was a dick. I will say his first and last name. I'm protecting no one. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are so cruel because they have oh, no idea the with their... I was talking about this on uh, on a past episode, how 
when I was, you know, very chubby, people would, this one kid called adorable, me. Adorable, chubby little basketball Thank player. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was. I was quick fat, as we've talked about. Uh, but this one kid. Not a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fast fat kid, and quick fat sounds awesome. Okay. So uh, he called me the Jello Jiggler. <gasps> and it was like, not even just like, hey, fat tits, or no. what, like, not specific. It was just like something that was clever and that was like. And just for you. Oh, man. <laughs> just for you. So. But again, like I didn't like all you have to do for some nicknames were that like clever, and then some were just like like fire like fire crotch. At least it was like mm-hmm. like I would call this kid tight pants because he had tight sweatpants, and it oh, fucking I thought, I thought made they him... had loose pants, and it was just ironic. I'm kidding. I oh. wish I was that clever. <laughs> I was I was big Quick on word, I was big on wordplay. Oxymoron. <laughs> he lost his shit. Like oh, he man. wore these tight sweatpants and. I would just be like, yeah, whatever, tight pants. Ooh, burn. Oh, man, he fucking, he cried one day over it. Yeah. Anyway. Because he was a faggot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Jesse Davis? Um, so when I was a kid, like in the early 90s, right, yeah. like fag and gay were like these huge insults. And yeah. like now it's like, like I hear the word fag, I just don't even think it's like a real word anymore. It's like that word is so stupid. Gays are wonderful. Like, you know whatever but when i was a kid i remember this kid was being awful and he was older than me and he was being such a jerk and he was calling saying that my sister was a slut because my it's a small town yeah. so i was everybody, like getting, it was everybody everybody's business yeah. yeah yeah so i'm like i'm like getting really heated right i get like i get like mad tears you know what i mean like yeah. that kind of like beat red face and i didn't know what to do and he was he was walking by me one day and my mom was like just you know if he said abby was uh, a slut just tell him his brother's gay because his brother was like the most popular like sexiest guy quarterback in high school and my mom like just said it like like get out of the kitchen like leave me alone yeah and uh so i go saw talk him to tom yeah exactly so i saw him and i go hey your brother's gay like just like li- like a few days later yeah. like completely unrelated he's like what the fuck did you just say to me i was like your your brother's your brother's gay <laughs> and he's like I'm going to kick your ass after school. You're fucking dead. And he starts losing it. All these kids gather around. They're like, oh, Cody's going to beat up Andy. Dude, yeah. Uh, Once news of a fight uh, breaks out, by oh, the way, forget it. you get like, there's like a pattern. It's like, oh, yeah. what's going to happen? And then like three o'clock and then someone's like, ooh. Yeah. And once that ooh person happens, like the fight is on. It was totally one of those like stupid, like Adam Sandler movie, like moment type things. And uh, so I ran to my mom's class and I was like, we got to move. Like I'm going, I have to be homeschooled. Like I'm going to die. Like I was so upset. I was like a and just like and he was so much older than me and like so much bigger my mom's like that's not gonna happen like he's not gonna like beat the crap out of a little girl sure. like in the school year and i was like no like he but. meant it he beat the crap out of me with words you know like i just showed up and he was he had obviously been told like by the time it came back around people were like you're not gonna go beat the crap out of a little 11 yeah. year old girl like yeah, yeah. he was like 14 he probably did have to be like coursed out of it though like yeah probably something like, oh, yeah. pumping through his veins where he was like i don't fucking take shit from anybody and also <laughs> at that age i don't think you totally know that it's like not right to mm-hmm. hit women right <laughs> a lot of guys never figure that out. You know what I mean? I don't think it'd be such a problem. There Shots wouldn't be all fired, these. Ray Rice. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom. Oh, that's sad. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like it's just interesting how when you're a kid, like, just if if somebody called my sister slut now, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like I, so- all, all I did was say your brother's gay, and that was enough to ruin. I mean, that was like my life that year. You know what I mean? Like that was like enough. I was so hated. And now did that. Now did you start to see the reaction in him cry? And that like, 
because you you thought you were being somebody must have laughed too. Like I'm trying to figure out like when with some of those words because you've you've got like a uh, in your comedy you got a lot of punch. Well, like you're so uh, what happened was in this is when I first started having comebacks actually. Yeah. Uh, Forrest was calling me Firecrotch, and at the, when the first person to call me Firecrotch was my science teacher. Uh, now, if somebody describes your comedy as like mm. having like being like a firecracker, do you take offense to that because it's no. still got fire in there? Not, I mean, not now, uh, not now. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on who says it. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm okay. kidding. Uh, no, I, I don't. Like people do describe me as like brash or, yeah. um, you know, really kind of like in your face or whatever. But I also feel like it is because I have red hair. Uh, For sure. Casting directors have told me your look is a it's a strong choice. You know, so I feel like as soon as I go on stage, if when I say something, you could say the same thing. It just seems more for like, sure intense. Yeah, because, because I know you uh, like doing such like sweet like like performances that are just so so funny because of how real and sweet. Like, so I I know both sides of it. But yeah. So it's so funny to hear that some people just are like, yeah, they see oh, the red yeah. hair, and then, and then and then you know your genu- your uh, your natural persona is you know not yeah. in your face, but very like. It's, so assured. It's loud. Yeah, assured. it's it's yeah, it's assured. It's a uh, it's a lot of a lot of confidence because yeah. like you have to fake confidence your whole life, right? Yeah. And then and then you get into comedy and it's like I don't care if you like it. I'm hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you cry at night by yourself. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Lean Cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So uh, what? So it's signed by Squatty Potty. <laughs> oh. You can use it to get rid of your Lean Cuisine. Oh God. We have so many sponsors. I will get a Squatty Potty by the end of this. Oh podcast. my God. Yeah, you will. So uh, science class. Oh, so science class. So my it was. Was, you know, sex ed week and and Mr. Woody. We had the uh, the the question. Mr. Box. Woody. Oh, Mr. Woody. Mr. Teaching Frank sex ed. Woody. Yes. Uh, still a still a family friend. Uh, he uh, yeah was teaching uh, sex ed. And Wait, so you knew him as a family friend, and then he was teaching small you town. how? Yeah, small town. He's like, so. these are the toys you want to avoid when using butt play. And you're like, what? He's like, someday he'll <laughs> um, meet a couple you, on Tinder. What was your sex ed like <laughs> in middle school? Because hilarious. It sounds more intense than mine. It was hilarious. They're like, how to. Do. Um, I mean, I laughed all the way through it when oh, I was yeah. in fifth grade, showing the pictures of the guy. Also, think- the voice, the voiceover is not. Don't use, don't use a guy that's so proper about it. Just have a normal guy being like, "Hey, there's a penis. Yeah, we're in the shower now. There's a silhouette of a guy. He's gonna probably start touching that thing pretty soon. Just because, hey, he's in the shower and his his what wife's asleep. It should be very casual. These? No, I'm saying it should be. That. Oh yeah. But instead, it's like so formal. Like, sure. Now we're going to look at the penis. Like mm-hmm. almost like those. Remember the guy who did the voiceover for those Mickey Mouse cartoons. Um, Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Oh. Like, it was like, Pluto's on his way. Oh, to yeah, the, yeah, 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 okay. It was like that same I thought you meant guy. like, oh, boy, a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Disney uh, sex ed class? Yeah, that idea. would be, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all of Mickey's catchphrases are basically him coming. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Goofy? We can't be the first people to think no, that. It's probably all be, over. No, we both had a moment of like, we're <laughs> oh, genius. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we just, I just knock out your microphone. See ya. I'm going Excuse to make millions. Excuse me, Walt Disney? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, sex that I feel like is boys being like, oh, man. Oh. And girls just going, what is my period? Please explain it. Please. <laughs> like, in our heads, we're just like, could somebody please just tell me what's going on? My mom, it's uncomfortable for my mom to talk about. Please tell me what the... What's going on? Yeah. Um, so Mr. Woody has this question box, and you could, ans- you could ask, like, anonymous questions. They're, like, embarrassing, and you don't have to raise your hand, right? So somebody asked, are all pubic hairs black? <laughs> and he reads it and he goes, I don't know. Why don't we ask Andy, right? Fire crotch. 
What the and, fuck? And Forrest, my I thought you were horrible... going to say, why don't we ask Tyrone, the fucking token black kid in the farm bill? Oh, oh no, there were no black people. There. That's a lie. There was Mark Reed. He was he was the one black kid. <laughs> um, and when he he ran against me once for school president, and uh, I thought he was going to win because he was so funny, and he also was like, vote for Mark, pick me, and then put a pick in his afro, and I was like, damn it, that's good. <laughs> that's so good. He's got props. Oh, he's got props. <laughs> <laughs> his wordplay is brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so he calls me Firecrutch, and then uh, Forrest, of course, was like, oh, like, was like yelling at me, Firecrutch. And uh, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. So I ran to the bathroom and cried. And uh, and yeah, so so I had no comebacks, right? Yeah. And my cousin, who was being punished by having to come live at the Bolt Ranch because he was smoking too much weed in middle school. So his freshman year of high school, he had to live with us. And he was like, he was like, Andy, you're not giving any comebacks. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, like, insult me. I was like, you're stupid. He's like, bite me. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. What did you just do? Like, it's This magic. is incredible, by the way. You got coached. Oh, I got comebacks. coached. Yeah, because I was being bullied so bad. And this is my theory on why redheads are always portrayed as bullies. Okay. I think that we're so bullied that we have to become the bigger bully to overcompensate. Like, think about it. Like, every movie, every TV show, like, the redheaded people are the villains. We're all these awful humans human beings and it's because people are treating us terrible and our cousins told us have a better comeback so i was like boom your parents are getting a divorce and then i went home and he was like okay we gotta work like something like you're fat or like tight pants maybe but like um yeah (laughs) at least my parents aren't addicted to meth like that was a little personal like you read (laughs) that in the newspaper like one kid one kid was like a a terrible bully and i was like well his dad just had a dui because it was like in the paper you were topical with your insults yeah (laughs) (laughs) you were very current yeah exactly Um, also that but you know it made me feel terrible Terrible though, like wa- all of a sudden, like watching somebody cry, I had no, I had no um, sense of so you like you were never going to be a roast comic. I kn- yeah, exactly. Uh, I just, I, I was like, that's terrible. I don't want to be that. Like that's really terrible. Okay, so but but you still needed a way to deal with the bullying. So how did you you find a balance? Um, my my dad told me, don't say anything. Just go out there and be better than them. Uh, also so I, decent advice. I tried to do that. I tried to speak with my actions, not my words. I tried to just take it and let it roll off me. Sure. But then there was Tim McGurvin. Tim McGurvin. He was also full name. He's friends. He's really good friends with my brother-in-law. Um, he, uh, oh boy. One time he showed me, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And I'd never cursed because yeah. I was afraid I was going to go to hell. So I never cursed or anything. Um, but, you know, as an adult, I'm like, that's fucking cunt stupid. Um, so, <laughs> By the way, if you ever have an action figure, the phrase will be, that's fucking cunt stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid, only a cunt would say it. <laughs> what a um, great catchphrase. I can't wait to make that action figure. Oh, my God. Uh, and so I just couldn't take it anymore. He said something real mean, and I was like, you know what, Tim? You're an asshole. He's like, what the fuck you say to me? What the fuck you say? You know, don't call your bully an asshole when you're standing next to a ravine. Yep. So he shoves me down this hill. I go tumbling because I'm wearing my softball bag and I'm like, I'm turtling at the bottom like I can't get oh, up. God. And he starts throwing rocks at me. And As you're tumbling? As, as I'm like turtling, like not being able to get off my back. <laughs> and... Um, so I run to the front of the school, and my mom is talking to the sheriff, whose daughter's like on the softball team, and I'm like bleeding and dirty. I'm like, we gotta go home. And my mom's like, what happened? And I'm like, nothing. And then the officer's <laughs> like, you're not going anywhere until like you explain like what's happening. And I was like, oh my God, I call him an asshole. It was my fault. I shouldn't. And then he threw rocks at me. And like, and I'm 15. Like this is not like a, a like I'm just a pathetic. Like at this point, I'm like. 
and he was like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna go talk to him terry we should press charges and i was like please don't oh my god it's gonna get so much worse isn't that so funny as a kid you think like if you get the kid in trouble you're Mm -hmm. like mom you don't understand it's tim mcgurfin he'll retaliate yeah the last kid that tattled on him he he exactly you know pushed him down a bigger ravine yeah and uh and i guess he scared him because then like the next day of school he's like I'm sorry. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Huh. You know. Did he have a butt? Was there like some sort of, I'm sorry, but just so you know, this shit ain't over. You know, <laughs> you know like the bully catchphrase of like, I don't know. To be continued. I don't know. I, I blocked out most of high school. Yeah. Um, blocked out McGurfin. Uh, blocked him out. I mean, he's he's now a cop, good person. You know, uh. he's he, uh, everybody grows up. When I, when MySpace first happened, uh, remember that? Remember that old thing? I we do. We were all like on it. We were it, all about and it. People were reconnecting. Hey. I got like three emails from high school bullies being like, hey, I was a real shithead. Oof, I grew up. I have a daughter now. If anybody treats my daughter the way I treated you, wouldn't that be shitty? Anyway, good life. You know, and I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, it that's really. incredible. I know. It that's was very, really nice. like what uh, he was, Adam this was Sandler a, did in Billy Madison with Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was just really like, um, like he'd, he'd gone on his mission. This was another bully who was Mormon. And after his mission and he got, had a, had a kid and he was like, oh, like I was real, I was real terrible to you, but I used to call him tomato head. Like, and that drove him nuts. Cause he had a big head that would get red when he played basketball. <laughs> So I would call him Tomato Head. Like he could say the worst things to me, and the worst possible thing you could say to this guy is Tomato Head. Like anything else? Were there like were there su- subsidiaries of that? Could you be like, "Yo, you little ketchup bitch"? Oh, <laughs> could well, you like break it down even further? Or again, no? again, I you know just wasn't that clever yeah. then. No, Tomato Head's very clever. clever. I mean, and also, like, is it though? It's no tight pants. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's the same world where you're just it like is. calling. Also, you find that one thing about them. Also, being labeled as a fucking vegetable. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Oh, my sister. If you're a tall, skinny kid, you're like, a what's vegetable. up? fucking celery stick or whatever like so stupid but you're like I swear to to god I'm gonna fucking I just don't want anybody to call me vegetables anymore ma (laughs) yeah I'm a I'm I'm not a potato face Um, potato face god (laughs) somebody out there's gotten that that's a shitty day somebody's like oh this podcast is getting real right now I can't (laughs) I gotta turn it off and go meditate speaking of MySpace though that's actually like when you and I first met which was I think 2000 I started Universal it was either 4 or 5 right yeah Because I was still Were you after me? Was it 2000? I was before you. Okay. I was 2003 oh, okay. I started. Oh, okay. Think, so I was 2004. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started as tour guides at Universal Studios Hollywood. The entertainment capital of Los Angeles. Oh, man. How much of the tour do you still remember? Almost all of it. Wow. How can you forget it? Like, You're right. Well, I mean, well, actually, you, now that I just said you, that, how can you forget the people? I stole one of your jokes on my tour. Oh I think I told you about it, but it's like, tell people what the tour is, by the okay. way. Okay, no, the Universal Studios tour is the most entertaining, exciting thing you can experience in Hollywood, oh. California. You should have done the voiceover. For oh it. man, I wish they. So it's the back. It's the tram. Yeah, it goes through it goes all around. the movie sets. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been to the park, it's, it takes you through. You know, it you really, see on TV Jaws, the earthquake. Yeah. You see all the sets. It's the. It really is the best part of the park because totally. I mean. I, I still love it. Because everything shoots there. Everything shoots there. You're constantly seeing new sets. Like there's always new stuff going on. And then you're like, oh my god, I always wondered where they did yeah. Site B for Jurassic Park. Yeah. It was over come there on. in a given day. It'd the be like, cabin from the, the Great Outdoors. Come yes, on, Nelly Coach. shooting dilemma video. Oh, yeah. Desperate Housewives when that was a big deal. Oh yeah, and I would I mean, watch it, and not tell people about it, but like it's a great job. It's I, I as a movie buff, I was like, I know all these facts. Yeah. It was really easy for me to memorize it because I already knew all this stuff. Like oh, this, for real, yeah. Like when you had to stall and it's like, oh, like this is where Marilyn Monroe did this. I'm like, here's 11 teen facts about Marilyn Holy Monroe. Shit. And she was making some like it hot just because I already had all that See, shit in my head. See, that's why your tour was 
better than mine because I would learn enough <laughs> material. And then if we stalled in the summertime, which when Andy says stall, it means in the summertime, like the trams would get backed up because we had to get so many people out because there was hundreds of thousands of people in the park. And it was like right. – and, you know, the tram, they were just like, we got to get more trams and more people. All of a sudden, your tram stops and your driver turns to you and goes, hey, Jaws is down. You're going to have to keep talking for 25 talking. minutes. And it's oh, like, Ugh. Now, to somebody like you, you're like, no problem. I've got 400 Jaws stories. <laughs> That's true. To me, I'm like, can, I'm like, how much do you, trouble you think I'll get if I jump in the water and pretend to be fucking eaten by a shark? And he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Just trust me, man. I would make up facts. And that was my problem because mm-hmm. I would literally or like do f- shitty magic shows or get out of the tram. Or do I, did crowd- the, I did the wave once. Like I got out of the yes. tram and did the wave. Or crowd work. It was a great, oh, like, great starting thing work. for stand up. Great but thing like, for hecklers. Oh man, I would make up. There was a. I mean, I you know say this sometimes in my act. How when you drive, well, you would get out of Jaws and drive up that hill towards the Desperate yeah. Housewives Street, and there are all those bushes. And I did a uh, tram a, a lot of Japanese tours sometime, and I go. If you look off to your right, you'll see a bunch of bushes that were in the film Bushes One and the sequel Bushes Two: Attack of the Bushes. They all turn, start taking photos. I'm like, holy shit. Then I go, you might remember that scene when Al Pacino was like, oh, that's a lot of bushes. (laughs) And then we just stopped there for a minute, and the driver's laughing. I can't remember who it was. And they start taking pictures. And even some of like the... Non-Japanese tourists were like drivers stall stopped the tram so they could take photos. Oh yeah, yeah. well he was because it was just you know they see the same shit every day, yeah. so something like that, and he found it funny, and and then I just kept making up facts, and they kept taking pictures, and I did that for probably another ten minutes of the tour. Um, I mean, this is another the joke that I stole from you was another <laughs> joke that was like that because going into like all the Jurassic Park stuff, there was just this stack of like poles like of rebar like metal poles or whatever and uh i was on your tour once and uh you pull up and you're having to stall and you don't have anything to say so you're like if you look off to your left you're gonna see a bunch of poles they're from the new nbc sitcom whoa that's a lot of poles oh god and i and i'm Uh. i'm on your tram and i'm the only person dying laughing because everyone else thinks it's a real show so they turn and start taking photos of it right and i'm dying laughing because i'm like what show what what can you knew really... I was full of shit. You were oh, like... I knew you were full of shit. It's like people just walk into theme parks and turn their brains off. And they just believe anything you say. Um, and that's so... why I was taking advantage of it. Yeah. I was like, these people think I'm wearing a badge that says, I work here. My favorite movie is this. Yeah. And I'm on this tram. So they go, you know everything. You know everything. And uh, yeah. And then, and then what I added to it, I think, is like I would have my clipboard and I'd be like, whoa, that's a lot of polls. Oh, it's canceled. Okay. Coming up, we've got. <laughs> nice. uh, you, you made know, it your own. Made it. You know, I just. It was a cool job, and... though, right? It was really great. Yeah. yeah. I was just recommending somebody like this kid just moved to LA like for comedy. Uh, good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was like, he's staying on my couch because I saw it on, on, uh, the, like the UCB forum, he was like, "Hey, I need a couch. Like, I'm moving to California." And I was like, "Nah, eh, there was a time I needed a couch, so gave him my couch." Nice. And he's like, "I was like, you should go try to get a job at Universal because it really is, especially as like an actor. I mean, also as a comic, where else can you work on heckling by having somebody breastfeed in your front row? You know what I mean? Like, there's really no other place to also, work that muscle. <laughs> of course. Also, everybody there works in the business in mm-hmm. some regard, and yeah. it's like." I mean, you and I, what else did we get to do other than Tour Guide? We did the, uh, oh, the Fear Factor. Oh, the Fear Factor live show. War- warming which up. Brad, who also worked at the Fear Factor live show with us, is like blowing up. He's on every television show ever. Is he really? Brad Carter? Oh, yeah. Shit. Like he was on, he was on, uh, 
and I can't name one of them. No, uh, he's, <laughs> like, he's on like every show because he's got like he has this like really slow southern like Georgia draw and, and such a beard. specific look. And he was on, you know, what's that show with Matthew McConaughey there and the other right. guy well, from? Well, Hall- anyway, from- you're doing great, Brad. <laughs> Way to go, Brad. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I, just, I haven't watched any of them. No, Dude, that show, no, great. The Fear Factor, yeah, that was. Oh, bananas. that Fear Factor live show was was nuts. So I remember, I remember like working out crowd work there because I was on the warm up. You were a host, yeah. So you would come out and be like, "Welcome to Fear Factor Live." Oh, I got who, projectile vomiting on and said, oh, "Fuck!" Gross. Into the mic in front of fifteen hundred kids, <laughs> and Mike McLaughlin goes, "You said fuck into the mic." I go, "Mike." I got projectile vomited on. What the fuck was I supposed to say? Hey, is that all you got? And, <laughs> and he was like, there were kids there. People were leaving halfway. Oh, it was terrible. But yeah, was, so the, I mean, it wasn't a good show. I mean, we're not saying no, it was a good it show. It was our job to make it seem like it was the greatest show of all time. I love that you were the Joe Rogan of Universal For Studios sure. Hollywood. And so I wasn't a host because the hosts were always like tall, pretty girls. And I was like, I'm going to get the crowd. Well, you had such great energy. A lot of people didn't. Yeah, it's true. That's a tough skill to come out before the show. Yeah. While people were getting seated, that's what people were getting seated, and you would have to entertain while they're not expecting entertainment. Andre was you warm up in two audience things, so it's like you're. It's kind of like Cirque du Soleil, right? There's like clowns in the crowd, basically, as we're warming people up. And so Andre is this uh, very handsome black man, and so he would do stuff, and I would like try to yes and his stuff. So he's like. Hey, Andy, look who it is. It's Jackie Chan. And he would just point at any Asian person and say it. <laughs> and it would get like tons of laughs. Yep. I'd be like, oh my God, can I get my picture with Jackie Chan? And like, we do this whole thing. But it was like, cool, because he's black and it's okay if he calls out racist. Sure. So like, I would try that. You know, I'd be Hope like, it's Denzel dr- Washington. And he'd be like, <laughs> no, no, like that's just racist. I was like, okay. And then like another time I was like, hey, Andre, it's Jackie, Jackie Chan. And he's like, you would just seem so racist. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like, it's I'm- Jackie Chan. I don't recognize those A's and <laughs> shitty driving anywhere. Nope, don't say that. That's too specific. Hey, your parents getting divorced? Hey. Sorry, just trying to strike <laughs> on all cylinders. Call back to my life <laughs> if you were there. Oh, man. Yeah, but you know, I, <laughs> I definitely had some fails in that audience. Yeah, but again, um, like that, just those skills like, prepared you for... Oh, dude. I like, mean, like all your... I mean, it's like every time being on stage now, it's like... I mean, I can say too, like it, all, the tour guide, that stuff, it all... Even though you don't see it, you know, if we would go do, you know, uh, sketch and improv or stand up after that, you, you don't see the immediate impact of how it's actually like helping yeah. you. Like, but all those shows in front of that many people and totally. making them laugh, like you're always focusing on like, uh, you know, like oh shit, I I made a racist comment instead of like, yeah, but for eight out of those ten minutes, you were making people laugh that yeah. weren't of all ages. Yeah, and, uh, and you know what was interesting about the tour is that like, what other job do you get to see yourself on camera? For an hour straight, and mm-hmm. like find out what it looks like when you're on camera and stuff, oh, yeah. and get used to being on camera. Like for a lot of actors who've never done anything, like that was just such a tool. So yeah. I can like edit my stuff and see my face, and like I don't care because I just look at it like, oh, it's just a part of the project. Yeah. But like a lot of actors like freak out when they see themselves on camera, sure. you know. And it was just such a like great muscle to exercise. Is there anybody that you um uh was a because there were characters on and off set. And, oh yeah, and said being in the park, but like some of the people that we worked with. All of them were so – I mean, to me, that was one of the greatest parts of working there Mm because it was people, again, that were all in the business that were – I mean, when I was playing Wolverine, all the guys that were Captain America and Spider-Man were huge comic book fans. So they'd all be in the break room like – I was the only guy that didn't know shit, so they'd all be sitting there with their mint condition Marvel comics and like, we just got the newest Marvel edition like – and they'd slowly take it out of the thing. I was like, you guys want me to leave? I feel like you're all going to have a circle jerk over this. The girl who played Lucy was an amazing Lucille Ball impersonator. 
But like she would show up and she'd be changing the locker room to get into her Lucy outfit. But she'd take off like her I Love Lucy t-shirt and her purse was like Whoa. I Love Lucy. And then she would like put Lucy on. And I was like, oh my God, like you're a super fan. Yeah. Like that's how you yep. do it. Yep. My, I wasn't any specific like real character in the park. I was on the improv team and I would dress up like a paleontologist at the say. Jurassic Park ride. <laughs> but I love Jurassic Park. You yeah. know, I knew all my JP facts. Uh, so I think I did that once with you, didn't I? I think so. Yeah. But like, what would you? Dude, the guy who got eaten on the toilet in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Martin. Uh, anyway, he would like come to the park all the time because his son loves uh, Universal Studios. And then I was like in character. I'm like, oh, look who it is. You got eaten on a toilet, didn't you? And I'm like having this like weird starstruck moment because I'm like, oh, my God, I love Jurassic Park. I love anything involved with it. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was just like, hey, you think oh, I can get more picture with you? And he's like, I'm really just here with my son. Like, if you want to just- <laughs> Yeah, like, we can go ahead and stop the shit. That's fair. Like, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I would do a different accent like every hour. It was ridiculous. Isn't it shitty when people would kind of like, they wouldn't want to play along with you? Like, I did it to Stamos when he was walking through and I was the New York cop. And mm-hmm. I was like, I do. I would do this bit with old women where I'd blow my whistle and go, you know, hey, slow down, ma'am. You're going too fast. And they're like, well, I'm already going slow. That's why that's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I did to stay. Let me explain your jokes. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it for these specific reasons. Yeah, yeah. And so I did it to stay most. And I go, I go, hey, I go, hey, uh, I go, hey, uh, fancy pants. I go, hey, Mr. Captain Handsome. I go, you're going too fast. What, what, what kind of race are you trying to win right now? And he just looks at me and goes, mm, nice. <laughs> like... <laughs> Cool man, I get you're an actor trying to have a moment. With that was me. that was his public fuck you, buddy. Yeah, for sure, and I don't blame him. It was yeah. like I was like he was clearly he was like having a conversation. I'm accosting him from twenty feet away. But we are all so hot. It's so hot, and you're just like I have to stay in this goddamn character, and I just really want to get to that break room. Oh, yeah. I and took a uh, just say stupid things. I took a phone from a uh, a family once. I go uh they were a family we were walking, you know, through that middle of the park that's like, you know, where the Beetlejuice show is and mm-hmm. Blues Brothers and New York Street where, you know, hey, it's authentic New nineteen forties New York, just because we put a couple people up in a window screaming about fucking meatballs <laughs> at you. And people are walking through being like, This is fucking New York Diddy. That guy's talking about meatballs. That must be in New York. Authentic. <laughs> <laughs> so I grab this phone from this uh, mom and I go, uh, I go, I go. Let me talk to her. Let me talk to her. And I go, I go. Hey, and I just go on this rant. I'm like, your family's here. Blah blah blah. Like they're having a good time. They don't miss you. They're actually talking about how they go. You know, because they're like, it's my daughter. Like, and they're trying to get the phone back from me. I'm like. I got this. I'm trying to have like, you know, improvise and do a bit because I've yeah. just told nine different kids where the bathroom is and fucking blown whistles at old ladies and fucking <laughs> taking pictures in front of the cab and just done, you know, fucking tickled SpongeBob, just stupid shit. And so I'm like, hey, you know, your family hasn't missed you, blah, blah, blah. Like they've been talking about how they, they're glad that you're not here because I'm having way more fun without you. And I go, anyway, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. And I close the phone. Dad loses his fucking mind. He goes, that was our daughter. She's studying abroad. We haven't been able to get in touch with her for six weeks. That was the first time we got on the phone with her. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And I was just like, whoopsie. You guys been on a Simpsons ride yet? Like, Whoa. Yeah, whoopsie. Aren't I just a couple of meatballs? <laughs> do not take, New York. Do not take my real name, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I guess well, I'm fucking cunt stupid, huh? Hey, yo. Uh, pop up hey, with dope. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's <laughs> so sad. Yeah, it was awful. I felt so bad. Also, I think uh, you in, in your story, you talked about how you closed the phone. It's been a while since since we did this oh, job. Man. You know what I mean? You're yeah, like, really so has. I closed the phone. It's uh, oh, God. You know, our Put kids aren't going to know what we're talking They're about. They're not. They're what not going to know what we're talking thing. about. Um, yeah. All right, so, uh, uh, but uh, MySpace, you mentioned that real quick before we shift <laughs> gears here. And that was when we first uh, met and started doing some videos together. MySpace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on. That I was forgot. Our the- videos were huge on huge. MySpace. We were going to be big time. Oh, man. When MySpace actually could really help you oh, out. It was yes. the place for, it was before YouTube. Pat Oswalt came up to me at UCB and was like, you're that girl from that MySpace video. And yep. I was like, Pat Oswalt. Yep. I love you. Oh yeah. So Annie and I did this video, oh, right? Man. We were we were doing. I think you you got into an improv group. Uh, what was it? The improv group called that we did at the. Uh, um, I think it was Upstage uh, Theater. Where um, was some dead hookers? Yes, that was the name of the improv group uh-huh. with Chris Pascal, Jay McKinney, Drew Coolidge, yep. Andy. Oh wait. That's Fornicators of Comedy. That's what it was. Yeah, the Fornicators of Comedy. Oh, man. That was that was so awesome. Oh, my God. You were like, God. you want to be in this improv group with me? And I was like, yeah. It's yeah, I was like, we need people. And uh, oh, my God. Yeah. It was a great group. It was, I mean, everybody in that group was funny. Yeah. I mean, we were performing above, uh, you know. Mosty like, Malone's, that like Russian ice cream shop. That, like, yeah. We have chocolate chip and, and, and you Rose. know. Rose. Fla- <laughs> they have rose flavored ice cream. Yeah, I was like, with- keep your plants out of my fucking, <laughs> like, that theater though like rhododendron cream what (laughs) you'd you'd be going in to do a show and you're like hi homeless person you can't pee on the floor in here like we have a show (laughs) (laughs) and be like mom come to la i'm doing i'm making it i'm doing it the theater held maybe 40 people and (laughs) and we'd have maybe seven a show (laughs) yeah and it was like our friends it still looked empty friends or people who were like oh i thought this was my buddy jake's band show there's not a concert here like no it's an improv show he's like oh i'll see you guys later But I thought was, this is where homeless people were hanging out to do heroin. <laughs> Not right now. That's in 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right now, we got some yuck yucks. Let's stick around for the show. Ew. Heroin's after. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was cool, though. Oh, but we that got show to, was fun. Do you remember mm-hmm. any of the sketches we did? Oh, yeah. I wrote this sketch, and I was just like, I literally, how old was I then? I was like 19. Yeah. I was like, I'm never going to get any funnier. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm peaking, this is what peaking feels like. Sure. I was like, this is so genius. Looking back, it's so not good. What like was it's it? so bad. It was called Whoa Family. Do you remember that sketch? Yes, I do. Where it's like <laughs> I brought an Asian because we had an Asian boy in our group. Yeah. And I brought an Asian boy Jason home. Ree. Jason Ree. Uh very funny, Hilarious very handsome. Man. Yep. So funny. Great dude. And so I was like the sketch was basically like, Hey mom, hey dad, like, you know, blah 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 and then somebody would say a pun and the whole family would like slowly punch their fist towards the ground at the same time saying whoa (laughs) and then this song from like the 60s would come on and the whole family would get up and dance (laughs) and then it would end and we'd all sit down and then the Asian boyfriend was like this is weird and he'd look around and then somebody else in the family would make a joke and they'd be like whoa you know we dance and he's like this is weird and then he would make a joke and then uh nobody liked it and, and it would just get super no song no song was, to back like, it up just he like made a joke about like cancer or something like our jokes were like inappropriate it's yeah. like we were talking about gays or like race or something and then he made a joke of, like about cancer because we he like, was trying to get on board and like be like oh exactly. is this how i need to fit in yeah and then he got up and was like <laughs> and there was no music and it was like and then i said my mom has cancer <laughs> 
and that was what that sketch was. Little did I know oh, my mom was going to get cancer. Oh, you know what God. I mean? Like I mean, that was, I was foreshadowing, but I just remember like that sketch crushed. So that sketch like just killed. And I was like, this, I can't write I anything can't, yeah. better. It it's never going to get better. Fuck. We're uh, so delusional. That so point. delusional. But you have to have, but that, it was hilarious though. I think there is a little bit to that though. Like, I mean, do you ever have, do you ever have that when you're like writing or you do a stand up bit that is like, you're, you're like, this is, this oh, yeah. is my you headliner. You turned a corner. And, and, and you're, you're like, I mean, but sometimes I worry. I'm like, what if it, what if this is the best? No, like, it what won't. If this is the no, best it's thing? not because you, I mean, if you're never stopping and you're always, I mean, you're going to keep evolving. Stop to get enough. See, yeah. do, 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 see, do. that's hilarious. Hey, thank you. Just thank taking you what I said so and doing much. a Michael Jackson song. Thank you see? so much. <laughs> um, yeah, like I definitely. I totally uh, hear you though. Like, so yeah, but it's, I think if you, uh, my, the, my problem lately, like the last year and a half, I think because I've been, uh, you know, a little like depressed or something, yep. uh, they say that like the opposite of depression is creation. And I don't want to be depressed. You know, like a lot of artists, like I have to be sad to create, Yeah. but the truth is in going through a lot of shit, I have been so fuck. I can't keep up. I can't keep up with all my great ideas. Yeah, can't keep course. up with all these great ideas. I a thousand percent agree because they, so tough. when you're happy and content and everything is great, you're not like think, I mean, I mean, Conan said this thing about Greg Giraldo, how he's like, all comics are like getting sucked into this black hole and it's a struggle to get out that like is what makes you great. And he's oh, like, and yeah. obviously some just fucking can't just get pulled down. But like, yeah. uh, but when everything, I mean, and not that you should be totally bummed and depressed, but I sometimes yeah. think I'm like, man, like, uh, you know, if I, I definitely want to have things uh, really start go- going well so I can be able to fund projects and just sure. and, and be working a lot more on what I want to do. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I wonder if, if my thirst for um, more will like, if I'll, if I'll well, level out a little bit because well, I'm like, cool, I got, I, you know. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this has been one thing working with Chris Hardwick is he does so much, right? Like, he's doing a million things all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to be doing. Like, I have all these things I'm constantly you juggling. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, I, I just uh, made a deal with Geek Nation. So Red Baroness is going to go on Geek Nation. Fuck and then yeah. my new podcast came out today. Yep. And then I've, I'm in post on my movie. Tell and the then I'm pitching another, another one. Oh, my podcast yeah, is called Pimp It Out. Bunker Buddies. Is it up? Can we um, talk It's about? up. Oh. Yeah. It's on uh, maxfun.com. Uh, org.com cool. i don't know i'm new yep. with them jesse thorne is uh helping us with it um it's uh it's a website where there's podcasts um but we are yeah we're bunker buddies you can follow us at, at travis and andy and travis mcelroy who's on my brother and my brother and me um he hit me up like after he saw red baroness and stuff and he was just like hey like i i have i've been having this idea to do a podcast kind of thinking that you might be a good partner for it and he was like I was like, this is the best thing ever. He wants to do something where it's basically like we're talking about survival all the time, but we're kind of amateur survivalists. So we do like a little bit of research. So it's like we give a little information, but it's really like our first episode is what would you do if there's like an EMP, you know, apocalypse. Right. Um, and of course, like my references, my knowledge of EMPs are all from film and television. So, uh, you know, and then it's like we look into like the prep for it. But my mom is an apocalypse prepper. prepper and I basically grew up, you know, in the apocalypse. Yeah. So you can it's get like, by with very little. Oh yeah, and it's like I I finally have a place to put all my skill set. Like I'm like God, like I grew up like knowing how to skin animals and like shoot guns and for real. Oh yeah, like that's right. You've asked me to come up to the farm and hunt or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like I I mean anytime anytime I want to go shoot guns, man. Like kind of do. Know. Yeah. I almost went with uh, with uh, Adam Divine to Omaha to shoot pheasants. Oh I yeah, but I was nervous and very excited. But uh-huh. I was like, oh man, because I've never pheasant hunts are fun. 
I bet you go over the dog. My mom was so nervous. She's oh, like, so nervous. You're going to be around guns? It's. <laughs> well, who's shooting them? The, the dogs? I'm like, the for what? <laughs> no. That would be impressive. I would definitely go see that. <laughs> also, my knowledge of shooting pheasants is just duck hunt. And it's like, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and go pretty, on a limit. That's pretty much the same thing. No, it? it's, yeah, no, it's the same. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, birds are fun to shoot because they're hard. They're like these like moving targets, you know? You don't feel um, any remorse huh, when you take them out? No. Birds. For some reason, I don't really give a shit about birds. Deer, though, uh, a lot of people shoot does for meat. I'll shoot bucks, but only if it is a buck where I know I have a very clear shot and I'm definitely going to eat the meat. And it's like something that you know what I mean. Like, what does um, buck taste like? Um, it's delicious. Venison is so nice. Bucks are usually. I mean, the thing with bucks is like they're more gamey because they're usually stronger. The does are really the ones that taste uh, delicious. Oh. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I de- so I finally have this like podcast where it's like I have all these outdoor skills that I've never been able to use. Yeah. And I finally have a place to bring it. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. So it's really great. And Travis is so funny. And uh, he already has like a really great podcast following. So I'm like, yay. That's huge. No, when yeah. you're getting going like that, having some built-in audience is huge. Like yeah. when Brad and I started this, uh, you know, he already had a shit ton of Twitter followers and, and was on the road. You know, I hadn't, hadn't been headlining or, or, you know, hadn't obtained my own fans really yet. Yeah. So uh, that definitely helps. Uh, a lot. I want to say this real quick before we get yes. to our last chunk of this. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, the video that we did on MySpace because I want oh, people to right, see it. Right. So see it. we were doing this improv show, and then one night, one night we were doing. I think it was the Universal Studios. Like they do a showcase for the actors. Like we're going to help you get agents. Yes. And they put us. We had uh, everybody did a scene, and we were sitting there and just always trying to make each other laugh, just like fucking around, mm-hmm. like whether it was you know on the break room or whatever. And uh, and you started making this. You started crossing your eyes mm-hmm. and talking to me, and I've never laughed harder. And it was just so fucking funny. And I was like, and then I would talk to you normally, like, "Babe, you're embarrassing me," and you're like, Embar- "Embarrass? You're just normal." What do you mean, <laughs> dude? I'm gonna have to take a picture and tweet it out of it after this. <laughs> but you, it was so funny. And I was like, "We gotta do a video." So we did this video and just called it "Cockeyed Breakup." Yep. Which is just basically what it was, where I'm breaking up with this girl I had a one night stand with. Who I didn't know was cockeyed, mm-hmm. and so then every time I try to break up with you, you pile on another giant like life ordeal that you're going through, and it got like five hundred thousand hits on MySpace and was on the front page again when that was a huge deal. No, it got millions of hits on MySpace. Really? Yes, because MySpace put it on the front page. That's like right. it started at like five hundred, but then like Patton Oswalt was talking about it, yeah. and like MySpace was like blasting it, and it was it was millions of hits. Yeah. It was like crazy. Oh man, and. I remember we were just like, what? And then we do the dumbest thing. The thing that I do love about it, though, is like when we were doing sketches together all the time, we were like, what is like sketch for? Like three beats, whatever. Like we're just going to do it. No, we it was think like it's nine funny. minutes long. And uh, yeah, it's it's like, it's not like, a, a, and it was also shot terribly. Yeah, but that's what and was available at it that was, point. Yeah, it was so great. And uh, and like we do this joke at the end where we're like reading the news for some reason. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Like at the end, we all of a sudden are reading the news and then you snap your... Like it's like I all know. these weirdo jokes I and I love it. I love that but we're you just know like... It makes us laugh. We don't give a shit if you like and that, <laughs> And that's... Type in Cockeye Breakup on YouTube. But that's like what I think is so awesome because to start to... I'm sure you were the same way. Like having the the uh, process in your head of like, okay, I'm going to start putting videos out there. Yeah. I'm going to start putting myself out there and allowing and knowing what YouTube, what that brings sure. as far as posting it and being like, hey, look at my shit. You have to do what's funny to you because A, right. that's how you start to figure out what your style and your point of view and brand is. But also, um, 
you know, if you start censoring yourself, you're just not going to figure that out. So yeah. we, I'm sure we did have some discussion. Also, it was so great that we both thought everything – we were so on board with what we wanted to do. So it was like, yeah. what if we do this news thing? It was like, yes! yes. <laughs> and then it was so fun and we watched it laughing. And I'm sure people uh, were like, what the fuck did that have to do I with anything? I know. I know. It was so stupid. So great. Yeah. So great. My, uh, I make that face a lot. And – um. It's uh, uh, because it's like so stupid and it catches people off guard. My family does this thing when we don't see each other like for a while. Or, like if I just want to start a conversation with them, I'll take an ugly selfie of myself, like making that face or just some ugly face. And then I text it out to the whole family. and I'm like, ugly selfie off. And then everybody in the family sends, <laughs> sends back and forth like these horrible photos. And my cousin Casey, beautiful woman, can make herself look like the grossest, awful person. So I use that face a lot for that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You were also an ugly selfie off. one of my best videos of all time America's Funniest Home Videos thing. Oh my god, Which yeah. Which if you want to see Andy Bolt, to me, it's like one of the, it's like makes the video. You're so, you're a hilarious comedian. Committed. Committed. But, yeah, but like, you're such a good actress. It's just type in, if you haven't seen it, it was like taking the footage from America's Funniest Home Videos that people did these fake lottery tickets. Just mm-hmm. type it in on YouTube or Funny or Die. But you're so, like, that makes that video. Because I can't tell you how many people thought it was real. Yeah. I got into an argument with somebody on Facebook who just messaged me being like, dude, that was fucked up that you posted that. I go, what? I go, that was a sketch, man. He goes, no, it wasn't. I go, are you arguing me with about a video oh that God, I made? Oh my God, that's so was- funny. Yeah. That's um, so funny. Anyway, uh, you're amazing. Oh, and, thank and you. And speaking of being amazing. You're amazing. Can you talk about this movie that you are in the process of, yeah. of almost finishing? Yeah. It's been a, a long ordeal. It has been a very long ordeal. You can uh, check it out, www.wowmomthemovie.com. The trailer's up there, and it'll give you mm-hmm. a great insight into what this whole story is. But um, yeah. let's let's take... Basically, yeah. basically like, uh, you know... You and I have been doing comedy like forever. And, uh, you know, back when we were doing Fornicators Comedy, remember we would have parties where we would watch movies, yeah. but then make themed food. Yep. Right? So I was talking to Hardwick when they were starting Nerdist, and I was like, I really want to do a show like I do with my friends. Like we make themed food, we watch movies, we dress up. We'll call it Dork Fork. So we do Dork Fork, right? And we put it up, and his whole like network is kind of like, where's Chris Hardwick? Like, th- what is Nerdist? Like, who is this girl? And the trolls were pretty bad. And Hardwick was like, people don't know you. Let me bring you on the podcast so that way people. People will know who you are. Yeah. So I go on the podcast and um, and we were just talking and he's like, what are you talking about in your stand-up nowadays? And I was like, you know, like I'm kind of done about like just talking about like I had a lot of like, you know, just surface life material, yeah. like happier stuff. I was like, honestly, my mom has cancer and that shit I'm not dealing with Will and she's dealing with it by playing a fuck ton of Warcraft. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, my mom loves World of Warcraft. Don't ask her to use Google Maps. Like she can't figure that out, <laughs> but uh, she can raid, you know, and um, so let's let's give people a little bit of the back story yeah so, so, so terry bolt terry bolt is my mother woman, your mother she's 64 yeah she has neuroendocrine carcinoma which is a whole is steve jobs cancer is what right. we call it and uh when they found her cancer they were like oh you're gonna be dead in six months and we have to do the surgery well what just what was that like for me that was that was just awful my mom had just retired like it was two weeks after she had just retired oh, God. and she's Shitty like headed into package. retirement and they were like you're gonna be dead and so my mom was like well i'm eating ice 
screamed. Uh, yeah, so. What, so how how does you and the family respond to that? I mean, um, I, doctors. How many doctors gave like that diagnosis? Um, two, and then we found a specialist, and they were like, "You have to start aggressive chemo right away." And that's the problem with this cancer is nobody knows about it. So doctors see cancer, and they're like, "Oh, we have to treat it like regular cancer." But chemo attacks fast growing, fat, rapidly dividing cells, okay. and this type of cancer is slowly dividing. So what happens to like ninety percent of patients with this is they go through chemo it doesn't affect their tumors and then they die from like complications of their treatment or they just die and nobody found it and they open them up like why they die and it's like oh because their organs are full of tumors so um yeah it was really shitty and you know i was working for will i am at the time uh doing a bunch of comedy stuff right doing a bunch of comedy stuff with the black eyed peas you were crushing it with them yeah um and it was just like you know everybody's world was kind of rocked and my grandmother died from cancer and it was awful and brutal and terrible and so and your mom so when she got this news she just goes fuck it i'm gonna just try to enjoy what i or i mean how well i'm just curious how much like panic she actually had, settled because your family's a, so great and supportive and like she had a grandkid on the way and she was like i'm gonna do i'm gonna do uh I'm going to do the chemo. Like, I'm just going to do the chemo because, you know, and they were like, you're going to have to do chemo six days a week. Like, we really need to get into it. And luckily, like, we had a friend who was a doctor and she found a specialist and we got into the specialist and they're like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do the surgery because first they said, oh, you have three tumors that we have to take care of. And they're just hanging out here. And then we found the specialist and he's like, so good news, bad news. Uh, it's not three tumors. It's like way more than that. Uh, it's in your liver. It's in your, uh, lower intestines and your upper intestine. And when we open you up, it's probably going to be more like with this cancer, there's no test to find it. So when she had her surgery, they were like, it'll be like six hours. They came out after six hours. They're like, we haven't removed anything. We're just assessing the situation. Like it's everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult, but we're going to do it. They removed a third of her pancreas, parts of her stomach, her, they just took out her appendix cause they were in there and her appendix was full of tumors. Um, they had, she had a whole bunch of tumors in her liver and it was just everywhere. They removed, it was like 12 or 15 pounds and for of tumors of tumors. And for years she'd been going to her doctor saying like, I'm eating right like i'm trying to exercise like i can't lose weight um and you know like i just don't feel good and they're like no you're an old lady like that's just what happens when you get old like your metabolism dies and whatever and so she just felt like a like shit that she just couldn't lose weight and she couldn't you know but her body was gaining weight to support the 15 pounds of tumors um and so it's kind of cool because cedar sinai gave me footage of her surgery because they use it to teach other uh doctors about the cancer and stuff what is that like it's so weird. It's shot really cool. Like Is it I was weird like, that I kind of want to see that. You could, yeah, totally. For it's going to be in the movie. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Because I was talking to her, her surgeon. And he's like, yeah, like we removed this tumor, and there's all these tumors behind it. So they gave me like that shot sequence. And Is it um, worse than two girls, one cup. It's no, no, no definitely <laughs> not. It's weird because it doesn't look like a person because it's so zoomed in on the in- insides. That's incredible. That like you don't see the person's face or body. Right. It's just like really intense, so that they could be looking at the camera while they're taking it out. You know. Right. And um, yeah, it's crazy. So they remove 15 pounds. They remove not, 15 pounds. And tumors. then the next step is. And then the next step is um, uh, recovery from that, but also heading into experimental drugs. So my mom is just a guinea pig because she's on all of these experimental drugs. So they, you know, she gets this shot. Like when they give her this shot, you have to like keep the, the needle moving because if you let it sit, it'll crystallize and it's, 12 grand a shot and luckily like the clinical trial is paying for it so she gets this shot and she takes these pills and you know it's like 
a bunch of shitty side effects and it's like she's like hey i have this weird rash that keeps me awake at night they're like great we're gonna put that down as a side effect you wow. know so um but and the drugs she's like, are hey my nails are falling out or my teeth feel weird and like she's just the guinea pig for it and so the drugs are uh keeping her tumors that from growing rapidly so she has a couple in her lungs and then 27 in her liver so it just keeps her tumors from growing too fast um so hopefully she'll die from something else uh, instead of the cancer but because uh, you know she's a little too old to be on a liver donor list so um right. we'll just try to keep her liver around as long as we can so the drugs are just uh it's quality of life at this point yeah exactly and so they're you know the the side effects of the drugs and life it's like great you just deal with it you know like you just deal with these side effects and luckily i mean it took about a year and a half for her to like be functional like after that surgery because it was it ended up being like 15 hours and it was super aggressive and going and, into every organ it sounds yeah like. yeah i mean they were everywhere they had to re i mean her intestines work differently now like they had to like take this out like replug it in like put this with that and so um she could be a candidate for a squatty potty i think oh she yeah my mom i was talking we were talking about squatty potty last night and uh, she was like, I don't need a squatty pie. It shoots right out of me. Like <laughs> ever since she uh, ever, like all the patients who have this, like everyone's like, oh yeah, I shit all the time. And like, I fart all the time. Like it's a side effect of like the way they like the sure. drugs and stuff. And so, um, in the documentary we're making my mom, uh, we knock out her bucket list and she's been watching me do stand up since I was 14. Yep. And she was like, I've never done stand up. I really want to do that. And it was funny. Cause when I was a, when I was younger doing comedy, she'd be like, I really wish that you would do smart stuff. You know, like Ellen, like you don't need to do dirty jokes or my folks were the jokes. same way. Yeah, and uh, like, but that's what's funny now. That's, yeah, well, right. And then now that my mom farts all the time, she has all this fart material. <laughs> we were going over like, okay, what are you going to do in the benefit? Because you were nice enough to come and perform oh, in the benefit show. with Fitzsimmons, right, Fitzsimmons and Hardwick and, and uh, Fortune Feimster yeah. and, um, and your mom to stand up for the first time. My mom to stand up for the Yo, first time and crushes. Oh, she crushed it. Uh, it was so funny because I told Hardwick, I was like, hey, like we have you um, as the headliner because you know, you're know you Chris Hardwick and you're we're doing this at Nerd Melts. Yep. And he's like, no way am I following the cancer patients. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. Like That's a really good point. Um, and there was a bunch of patients there and a bunch of people from the hospital. And my mom got up there and she told like this five-minute long fart story, like yeah. just this really long fart story. And uh, it was so funny. And it well, was, She's so comfortable. On, she was a teacher for a Yeah, she was a teacher. Yeah. So, so she was, I mean, she told stories of teaching, but like, but she, she, had, grabbed have, that, she had two margaritas before she got up there, but that helped. That helped. <laughs> but also like, I mean, I was incredibly impressed by her just poise up there. And like, even though she's like, well, I used to teach. I'm like, I get that that's a public speaking thing, but like. You're now tr like I know you weren't probably trying to make your kids laugh the whole time. Yeah, and I mean I'm sure she was because she seemed like she was probably she's, a fun yeah, teacher. Yeah, she's a jokester. Yeah, um, for sure. But it was uh, incredible. To watch. Well, we definitely. I mean, that's the thing is. So uh, when this whole thing started, I was on Hardwick's podcast, right. and he's like, "What are you talking about? You stand up?" And I was like, "You know, my mom's got cancer, and we joke about it." And uh, I was going to ask that. Like, at what point did you start to have to go? Well, we need to start like finding some. Um, my I I just like I can't no, like it. Cancer gets in your family and everyone's affected. And I was like, this is so stupid that I'm not the fact that I'm not talking about this in my standup uh, or it's like impossible. I couldn't write and not talk about it because it was affecting every single part of my life. And a lot of people think it's uh, a sensitive should be off limits. Yeah, subjects. yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, like I did one show at the haha -ha once and uh, somebody came up to me afterwards and was like, wow, thank you so much for doing that. Like that was so nice. Cause like my mom had cancer and we used to joke about it. And then uh, right that person I'm talking to, I'm like, okay, bye. And then this black guy walks up to me and, 
just super angry and intense and like ripped. And I was like, ah, and he was like, that was fucking insensitive. My dad had cancer and I didn't come here to go through that shit. Right. Oh, and he wow. like walks out and I was like, sides of the spectrum. yeah. And I was like, I was like, you know, it really made me second guess. Like, should I just not do this material? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Because I think it's funny. And the thing that sucks is it's too soon. That guy's going through something and he's not acknowledging his feelings. Yeah. And you know what? At least he came to my show and fucking felt something, you know, a thousand percent. like, he remembers that show. Uh, so your mom was she's better going, or worse, but yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> never forget the day he had to relive his father's. But it's funny because at you know when we first started making the movie, Hardwick was like, I don't know how he could do that. Like I think people come to shows like forget about to that escape, kind of shit, you yeah. know. And then his dad died, and then when he came, when he did the benefit, which was almost a year later, um, he has all these dead dad jokes. And he's like, I mean, I get it. Like, it's too much. Like, how do I not talk about well, it? Well, comedy yeah. and humor is just like, obviously, like they say, it is the best medicine. And Absolutely. And a thousand percent is because there's only so long you can grieve and let something bum you out. And like, well, yeah. you know, I've had a, ham, a, a few deaths in the family and, and um, more actually friends than f- family. And it's yeah. like... And I get, I've gotten so bummed that eventually I'm like, and I'm like, I can't, I've canceled shows because I'm like, there's no way I can be funny now. I can't like think. And then right. eventually you're just like, how, how long do you want to like let it eat you up and go and live your life where you're that? Right. And it's not like just because you, you start trying to make light of, of, of the situation or try to, uh, you know, inject humor back into your life. You're not like disregarding that person's exactly. existence. No, you just not have at all. To, uh, I, I think as soon as like, it took me a while to acknowledge that life is suffering, like life is suffering and then there's the stuff in between you know like a lot of like buddhists kind of believe that like your life is just like a bunch of tragedy and then in the in between you have to you know make it lighter you know and and it's and it's true because yes my mom has cancer but she will die and i need to like let that go and i'm gonna die and shit's gonna happen and stuff's gonna suck and that's just how it goes so in the in between like if you can be laughing about it then great and And so she tried to find some so as she's going through all this you're like all right um mom we need like you need some other distractions right you got to find some well i mean my aunt my aunt started playing world of warcraft after her husband died because she became a zombie my uncle dropped dead at 46 and her son was just like mom like you never leave the house if you're not going to do anything like here play this game and he moved uh to florida and it was a way that they could hang out every night it's like what it's like halo um, World of Warcraft uh, World for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, uh, Warcraft is it's an MMO, which means it's a, mul- a massive multi-online game uh, where people from all over the world can log on and you level up. You like pick a character and you go on quests and you fight monsters, but you can do it with people. You have like a guild of people and you guys achieve things together. And you, um, you like you, you make your own Goonies team. Yeah, you make your own Goonies team. And exactly. you go around the world and you, or I mean, around these worlds that are created in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And you're on these Warcrafts. I realized I came home once. Um, I, you know, I was trying to make more in an effort to come home more. And I came home and I, you know, my mom just got this package in the mail and I was like, what is that? She's like, oh, Eagle Bear saw this juice on Dr. Oz. It's supposed to be good for cancer. I was like, who is Eagle Bear? She's like, Eagle Bear, he's in my guilt, you know? And I'm like, no, you just gave this guy your address. And she's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's Eagle Bear. I'm like, you keep saying that. What is his name? You know? And it was this guy in Jersey who's, he's been playing Warcraft with my mom and my aunt for a really long time. They've never met, but like, he really cares about my mom. These people in Canada, it's like, they knew more about how my mom was feeling about what she was going through than like my dad sitting next to her or my sisters. Like my, I was like, guys, you know how like mom, like sometimes can just say shit like, well, if, if, 
it doesn't get better soon. I'm just going to kill myself. You know, she can just say stuff like that. My sister's like, no, we don't. She's never said that to us. And the people that she plays work with are like, yeah, like we'll be getting ready to go <laughs> kill a monster. And she'll just be like, uh, today's just one of those days that I just don't feel like fighting anymore. And they're like, all right, well, this, you know, monster ain't going to kill itself. Like somebody's got to level up. We're not going to get to 90 Terry, with that we attitude. we understand you're going through some shit, but Eagle Bear yeah. needs some backup. Yeah. And it's like trying to get that second coin. My mom and I have become uh, more closer because I'm, I'm like, I have to talk about everything and I get all my feelings out. And I'm talking about, I talk about everything on stage. And also I'm the one going to the hospital with her all the time because she gets treated here in LA. So she comes down for treatment. She stays with me. And um, so I, I know what's going on with her. And I just figured, I just assumed she was telling my dad and my sisters. But what I didn't realize is that her therapy was these people in the game. And it's easier for, she's easier for him to, for her to talk to them because she can not talk about it or she can talk about it and they're far away and and she doesn't have to feel like she's being a burden to them whereas like wow. when she tells my sisters she was like well you know your sisters have kids and like they have they're dealing with their marriages and she doesn't want to burden people and uh and i think that that's really common for anybody who has cancer or anybody who's going through illness or anything like serious it's like they don't talk to each other because they're afraid to be a burden and so the people use the game or any any sort of like online connection sort of thing for that kind of thing and the eagle bear is like in love with my aunt uh we we surprised uh we surprised my aunt she's never met him and we didn't tell her but we brought him out to blizzcon and they met for the first time and um blizzcon is the big video game oh yeah it's it's like it's like comic-con but only for blizzard games so it's just world of warcraft and diablo and starcraft the games that they make and i saw the pictures and in the documentary trailer um Mm -hmm. which where can they find the trailer Oh, uh, wowmomthemovie.com. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we have a trailer that we showed at the benefit, which yeah. we haven't released, but we're going to be releasing that, that this week. So okay. we'll put it on the, on the site though. Okay. Wow. Mom. The movie.com. And then that it, you get, so you guys went to this BlizzCon and you're, and they dressed up. Oh yeah. We did. You know, I, I told my mom, I was like, all right, we're going to do this documentary and we're going to explore how you play Warcraft and we're going to raise awareness for NET and, uh, you know, bucket list. Let's go. Well, it's, I was thinking she was going to be like, I've never been to Italy or like, I've, you know, and she goes, I want to go to BlizzCon I and I, I want to Tim- do it in costume, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, what if on her bucket list was, I want to get back Tim McGeffin for calling you a fire crotch. <laughs> I'd be like, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I pitched, so I'm repted for Unscripted now, and I was like, here's a show. People track down their old bullies uh, to, like, I, I've pitched so many Make bully shows. Make amends or get revenge. Um, Kind of both. You just see where they're at. <laughs> like, if they're, like, working at McDonald's, it's like, hey, Jake, you know, um, never mind, you know. Uh, but it's also just, like, what is that thing you've always wanted to say to your bully, you know? Like, sure. track them down. Say it. See where they're at. Uh, anyway, because... Some of my bullies who have not been named are still awful people. Like they're really terrible people. Once a bully, always a bully. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the so the documentary the the the, in like what would you say like the I mean you did it because why? Um, because when your parents get sick and you're a comic, it's really annoying that you're not a brilliant scientist. It's like that thing where you're like, oh, I can't fix this. I can't. So this is not something I can help out. I can't solve this. How long do you go, like battle with that? Or just like I, I, I mean, obviously, just the. It's, um, it's just awful. Um, it's uh, it's affected everything. Like I was dating this really amazing guy, and we're not <laughs> dating anymore. But he was like, "You're not handling your mom's cancer well. You need to go talk to somebody." 
Um, and I didn't really realize how much it was really affecting my life. And then I started talking about it on stage and then other people would come to me and other comics were like, my nephew has cancer and I want to talk about it so bad, but I just feel like I can't talk about it on stage. Like, I was at Cedar sinai and this girl walked up to me and she had a wig on and she was like, hey, I've been to your comedy shows. I want to do jokes about my cancer and I don't know how to do it. And it was just like, I've, I've got this whole new uh, community of people. But the reason I'm making the movie is because it's, uh, um, I felt like I didn't really have any other choice. It's one of those things that, you know, when Hardwick was like, what if you made a film? And then I, my mom was in a hospital bed at the time. And she was miserable and, uh, and she was complaining and, and just feeling like all is lost. And I was like, mom, like, what if we made a movie and like, we could spread awareness for this thing. And she was like, oh, you mean I can not die for nothing? And I was like, okay, that's really depressing. Like, don't say that. Um, that's a little dramatic lady. Uh, get it together. (laughs) But it is something that once I started to make it, you know, I asked this DP friend of mine, Will Reese, I was like, look, like, do you want to come make, you're not going to make any money. And he was like, Andy, if we did this movie, it would be the best thing I've ever been a part of. Yes, I want to do that. The sound people volunteered in honor of their mom. Like, the credits of the movie are going to be like, this movie is made in tribute to because so many people have worked on the project as like, hey, I want to do this for my mom or my dad or my brother or whoever. And I did this interview with this guy who lost his son to brain tumors. And before his son died, they used to play tons of Warcraft and he could do it. And, uh, you know, even when he was in the hospital bed and Blizzard, like for his make a wish, like brought him to the Blizzard campus and they put him in the game and they've got this quest that you can play. And his dad was just like, you know, uh, I got a lot of press for my son's story when we did this whole thing because it was this, the great, it's one of the top 10 make a wishes of all time, actually still. And, um, and he's like, but when the press came to me, I'm not, I'm not good at speaking. And I felt like I didn't do my son's story justice. So, cause he was like shaking and I was like, look, man, we'll do this interview. And when I cut it together, if you don't feel like it's right, we'll come back and we'll just do it as many times as we have to, because right. you know, I'm going to honor your son. The game has done a lot for people. Gaming has done a lot for people. And also like, you know, it's, it, it just, it means a lot to people. So like once we got started on this thing, it was just like, oh, well, I can't stop. And also when you see your mom at her lowest point and then all of a sudden she has a light in her eyes and now she tells people about the movie all the time, like, hey, like tell your friends because they're going to learn about this cancer and then maybe they won't get misdiagnosed. It's, um, you know, it's been a lot of pressure. It's been really terrible, uh, but also really great. It's been the hardest thing, but the most rewarding. And Well, at the at the core of it, it's like, it's your it's your mom. It's my mom. And like you know? I I mean, I got so choked up watching the trailer. Yeah. It's like I'm a huge mama's boy. Yeah, you and, are. And and yeah, you know, I care about you so much. Oh. And so it's like, um it's just like I can't even imagine like um that like go having that be a um, scenario and then like yeah. what you would do and you just like I mean I'm like what can I do I can tell jokes and I know how to make I mean, I'm a filmmaker not a feature filmmaker but I know how to shoot stuff and and your mom is such a wonderful person and you're getting into like selfishly like getting to like share her with like and show other people how I mean there's just on so many different levels uh, your um and the gaming aspect, which is like incredible to see like that there's something like that. Cause getting to see how people deal with like these types of like tragedies in their families yeah. and, and to see her like, I mean, I, I remember when I saw her, I think when she first was going through stuff mm-hmm. and yeah, her spirits were low and it was like, she was putting on a happy face because I hadn't seen her in a while, but mm-hmm. then like a complete 180 seeing her at the show. It was just like, she's got something to live for. Yeah. And you're like 
such a big part of that. And I can't even... Uh, Thanks. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's like... Um, um, I did this interview last night with MMORPG.com, and uh, the guy was just like, hey, like, I really... He messaged me afterwards. He's like, hey, thanks so much for doing this. And then um, he's like, I really hope you reach your Kickstarter goal. But more so, um, I hope you get more time with your mom. And this is a comedy podcast. It's okay. <laughs> um, but... You know, it's one of those things that uh, we're all going to die. And it's like, I know that we're all going to die, but there's just this like not knowing, you know, like when we were, when we were at BlizzCon, um, my mom passed out and my DP comes over and he's like, your mom is down in the other room. Like they're calling 911. And I was like, turn the cameras off. And I was just like, oh my God. Um, I started making this movie. My mom died. (laughs) And, um, she ended up just needing another surgery. Um, but uh, there's so many people that are in the same boat, you know, um, where I, it's a really lonely boat. Like I didn't want to tell people about my mom's cancer initially because I didn't want to play the cancer card until I really needed it, you know, because uh, you only get so many outs on stuff. Sure. I was working on different TV shows or having different jobs or even like I was doing theater shows and, you know, you miss another rehearsal and they're like, sorry, you're out. And it's like, it doesn't matter that your mom has cancer. Sorry, but like you're done. And it's like, you know, it, it sucks. Like it affects everything, you know? And, um, you, you, I mean, you put your life on, you have, you have to, you know, uh, a lot and, and people do. And so it was just so great that it's like, I kind of have this thing to put it into. And, um, uh, my sister, Abby, one of the first interviews I do with her, one, she doesn't understand Warcraft. She doesn't think people should play it much. Um, and then she also, uh, like on camera, she's like, are you doing this for you, um, for your career? Are you just taking advantage of mom's uh, cancer for your career? Whoa. And I was like, whoa, like this is, I'm I'm putting all of my personal money into this thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm doing this like for, this is keeping this lady going. Um, w- what? And later, you know, we got into a fight and later what it really turned out is she was just like, she felt like she wasn't doing enough for mom, you know? And I think that that's the thing. Everyone feels helpless because we're not scientists. I can't solve this one. There's gotta be even times throughout the process of of putting this film together that you're just like, is this enough? Like what, what am I even doing with this? Like, is this enough? Like this is, what is this going to do? Yeah. You know, um, again, like not seeing the immediate, like, but, sure. but things like that show and like, I'm sure your mom oh my God. going to BlizzCon and like, pl- that I benefit mean- was just, and you know, the great thing about that benefit too, is that we got all these interviews with comics like you and stuff in the green room as well. And just asking them like, Hey, like, is it okay to joke about cancer? Is it not okay? It's yeah. really interesting to see comics perspective on the topic. Um, and it's kind of just starting a conversation that people aren't having because I think it's ridiculous that still people still feel like they can't say cancer. When there's a television show about cancer, they call it the C word. Like you, people don't even Jesus. say it or they, you know, red band society or whatever it is. Like people feel like you can't say that word. Like it's this taboo thing. So when you are somebody who has cancer, which is like one in three people, right? It's, uh, it sucks because when my mom got really thin and, and sickly, people would be like, Oh my God, Terry, like you're so thin. And you know, Cancer patients have said that they feel like when you tell somebody you have cancer, it's like handing them a bad day. So if you can avoid it, you do. And my mom, would, like everyone in my hometown just thought my mom was like on a diet or like exercising weird, you know? And it's like, 
I was like, Mom, like you should be able to tell people. Who gives a fuck if it gives them a bad day? Like that's their problem. Yeah, I'm on this like, new diet, it's uh, no carbs and chemo. And chemo, yeah. You hear about this? You hear about this? It's would, it's huge. Would she start to kind of like retort back with people, or was she well, just kind of just avoid no, it because she just wanted to avoid it, and that's so lonely, yeah. and that's so sad. And I realized I wasn't telling people, and that was making me feel lonely yeah. and me feel terrible. And I was like, why do I feel terrible? I'm not the one with cancer. And I started talking about it. That caused other people to start talking about it. And this movie has just been made. It's a labor of love of a whole community of people i owe a lot of people big thank yous um and they're gonna get it in the movie uh, it's uh the the and how can people help because uh the trailer's on uh one more time wow wow w-o-w-m-o-m the movie.com um a uh you're one of the most um hardest working and every project you get involved with is awesome because oh, of your talents and your work ethic and how you've developed this like I was telling you this last time I saw you like business savvy too where you used to be my super funny friend that was awesome and now you're like you have this huge business side and this trailer if it doesn't make you cry uh, and uh, laugh and want to see the movie in its entirety you don't have a soul uh, and I'm talking about you Tim McGeffin uh, uh, but uh, it's I, I mean I uh, am going to donate when we get done with this, and I just hope I can um, uh, donate more because it's... Yeah, we really, we really, because here's the thing. I, yes, I can edit. Like, yes, I can, you're right. Like, th- to be to make a career in this entertainment business nowadays, like, you kind of need to do everything. Yep. And, uh, but this is not something that I can edit. Like, I've got an editor on board who edits feature length documentaries right because i need to make this great i'm i owe it to everyone who's been a part of it i owe it to that guy's son i owe it to my mother i owe it to a cancer patient in denmark i owe it to the gaming community the cancer community daughters like i'm gonna make this movie for everybody and i'm not the person to edit it a professional editor who does documentaries he's gonna edit it. who makes movies incredible and and makes uh people like you see incredible movies put together and go yeah. oh man it's possible to like make one of my own and, and touch people the way that this yeah. is going to they yeah, can go to like, what what can they go to, to uh they can go to wowmomthemovie.com and to donate and uh that's where the kickstarter, that's where the kickstarter that's, is yep everything reroutes to there and um we have amazing prizes that people are not jumping in yeah, on. people don't understand the kickstarter isn't just get like there's incentives you like, get incentives the yeah. incentives are amazing like for one the entire cast of transformers rescue bots will record your voicemail which which is which includes oh, uh, Luis uh, 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 Lamarche, Maurice Lamarche. I'm sorry, Lurie, um, Maurice Lamarche, Lacey Chabert. Yeah, so fetch. She will be on your voicemail. <laughs> There's like a like the guy who did the voice of the brain, uh, Steve Blum, who does Wolverine, and he's a countless. Uh, He's over 300 characters in the Blizzard games, oh, right? Shit. All these people will record your voicemail. Chris Hardwick donated this really awesome prize package. You can go to at midnight talking dead. He'll sign a book, a That's t-shirt. So cool. He's giving you everything. Get a meet and greet. Um, then we have like one that nobody's touching, which is really amazing. It's a, a fantasy photo shoot because after my mom got dressed up like a goblin, right? We did a photo shoot. And so now it's like, what do you want to dress up as? We will dress you up as anything. We'll get your costume, your makeup in a pro studio with a pro photographer. Like what? What do you want? Like, we will make you your poster of whatever you want to be. You want to be a fairy? You want to be a unicorn? You want to be a goblin? Like, you know, a hero? Whatever. We can make it happen. Um, and then, I mean, there's there's t-shirts. Uh, and and even, even you can have a Skype pizza party with K 
cast members from the guild oh and you get a whip lesson he whips <laughs> this guy who who is a whip instructor he yeah. teaches people how to like indiana jones their shit he was like hey can i donate some lessons i was like fuck yeah you can i can't believe nobody's going after that like it's like <laughs> what um so yeah like, so it's, i mean you can donate five dollars you, you can donate you can donate one dollar you can donate five you can donate ten thousand dollars i push very little stuff on this podcast but all of the listeners of the about last night podcast go to this website tonight donate something because i'm telling you it is not only an incredibly worthwhile project but um uh it's 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 gonna help and impact a lot of people on a bunch of different levels and when we make the movie if we ever turn a profit and people really like and it explodes like I know it's going to. Um, proceeds from the film are going to go to benefit cancer. So come on, you're helping. How many opportunities do you have to to be a part of something great like that Never. by doing so very little? Yeah, exactly. Um, I love you. I love you. Thank this you so awesome. much for having me. Yeah. I'm sorry that I cried on your podcast. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry I started it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys, Adam did cry. I did cry. Adam was crying. No, you can't see it. I really like. I appreciate this so, 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 so much. Come on. I mean, it's and you know. Adam's in the movie. Adam's a, an amazing interview, and he did a set. Did I get some good sound benefit. bites in? Oh, you got some great sound okay. bites in. You kidding me? I was so uh, great interview. That's always with those things. I'm always like, God, did I? Because I wanted to give like real answers, but then you also forget like this is a you know you want to have some funny in there but yeah no it was great it was absolutely great um you're on twitter too i'm on the twitter plug all that social mm-hmm. media stuff yeah at a-n-d-i-e-b-o-l-t awesome. uh that's my twitter um and then i'm on the facebook and you gotta be, you uh, gotta be these days you, you gotta be on the you facebook. gotta do all of it because mm-hmm. like here's the thing people don't see enough pictures of salad and also, there's like so many like great like stories like stories about salad, like stories about salad, yeah. and also like a BuzzFeed thing like about 10 salad, top, sa- 10 top ten salads, top ten salads to eat before you die, before you diet, and then <laughs> and then when you diet, like the top ten salads that you like wish you could have while you're dieting. Mm-hmm. But then also like I don't know. Then there's also great things like you know pictures of like. You know, like black dudes that you really like had like a weird fetish for. Oh yeah, but you never got to live out because now you're dating a, a white dude who's like whose you know best friend is a black dude. And it would be weird for him. It would be weird for him because he'd feel like. Do you like? Do you want it? Is that like what are you, you want? Trying to get are you it? Trying to get trying it? To, are you trying to let him get at it? <laughs> show. That's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or about last night.
WeirdRightPodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? (laughs) Nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger. Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you